Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Hey, you're listening to the Work For It podcast. It's Brian House here. We always work for it on this podcast. And have you noticed when you listen to this podcast that you don't hear any stupid, annoying commercials? Well, that is because we have two really awesome sponsors. And it's also in that also includes the beautiful people at Patreon. So if you're a patron... We pre- appreciate it. And also make sure you go visit MaritimeKnifeSupply.com for all your knife making needs. All tons of stuff over there. I love shopping on Lawrence's website because I can take advantage of the USD to Canadian exchange rate. And he ships to the United States every single day. He beats out the competition on the regular and he is a maker. So you can ask him any questions if you have any. Also, Baker Forge and Tool at BakerForge.com. Home of Tiger Mai Raindrop, Tiger Mai Wavy, Maiden's Hair, Double Dam, Q-Shim, Firestorm, Chevron, and a host <laughs> of other amazing Damascus steels that can take your knife making into the stratosphere, baby. If you want that special piece of steel for that next project, go to BakerForge.com and use promo code WFI10 to get 10% off and make sure you send... send Make sure you say that we sent you over here at WFI. Uh, I think that's it. I mean, you know, Brian, I mean, anything else? Did I miss anything? I mean, we can't sleep on that Gator Piss from Baker Forge. That stuff's cool, pretty cool, too. I know. It's delicious, too. I don't know if you hey, had no. a chance to take a sip of it, but it is. Do not <laughs> sip it. Do not drink it. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a. It's oh, all shit. joke. Uh, yes, the Gator Piss. In fact, I have a, a gallon or a half gallon. I don't know what it is. I think it's a gallon or half gallon here uh, in my shop. Thanks to Koi and the boys over at Baker Forge. So if you're looking for an etchant where you don't have to do any calculation at all and achieve the best contrast in your Damascus steel, make sure you pick up a gallon of Gator Piss over at BakerForge.com. Hit it, Brian. Let's do it, baby. Yeah. Work For It podcast right here. We're all business all the time. If you're a maker, if you're somebody that ever wanted to start a business or you're starting a business, you have nowhere to, no, nothing in the brain. Just You're like, I got to start a business. I want to work for myself. I want to make a million dollars. I want to do it and I want to do it out of my garage. This is the podcast for you. You yeah, found the place where you can listen to three adults who have sort of... <laughs> got their shit together i love and, how you, you know, had to pause on adults <laughs> i mean we're essentially like teenage boys and older men's bodies but you know hey whatever we're we're doing it and uh and yes you can here here's here's i have a dilemma brian what's your dilemma man okay i have been uh looking for some new podcasts to listen to because i listen to a host of other podcasts working hands podcast makeshift knife talk uh the uh, the Canadian boys up there, um, 
uh, the name escapes me. Forge side, forge side chat. chat. Forge side chat. Can't miss uh, hustle and grind. Can't miss hustle, hustle and, and grind. grind. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I started digging in now because I'm getting the CNC machine. I started digging into different types of content that kind of go outside of our, uh, like our sphere, right? Sure. And I found uh, two gentlemen that run a podcast, and it's a relatively new podcast uh, called Edge and Flow. Interesting. And I mentioned this in a, in another episode at one time, but it's um, TJ Schwartz and Lucas Burnley, and these guys are production knife makers. So they, you know, they use CNC tooling. You know, there it's a different kind. It's a different style of what you know. Most of the people that listen to this are handmade. You know, they make handmade items. And these guys are are doing some handmade work, but a majority of it's machining. And they also have contracts with like bigger knife companies like CRKT. Gotcha. So it's super interesting to listen to the business end of things, right? I'm listening to their stuff. And (laughs) I can't help it. Their content is really good. Like Mm -hmm. TJ's um, YouTube channel. If you can find TJ on Instagram at knife.designer. And... His YouTube channel is great. He doesn't have a huge following, though. It's it's interesting. He's he's kind of a small in on the social media side of things, and he shouldn't be. I mean, he really is. Mm. He's got some awesome, amazing information, but I can't help it when I listen to their podcasts because I'm like, man, these guys sound so intelligent, and it's just like I'm learning a lot, and it's a, there's a ton of business value, you know, listening to their, their conversation. And I'm like, we got to step it up on work for it, but it's just too much <laughs> damn fun. I mean, fart jokes and booby jokes and, you know, whatever right. else we're doing over here. So I kind of feel like maybe at some point, like, if we elevate the show – a little it wouldn't hurt us <laughs> but yeah, uh would, like, would it be as much fun i don't know i feel like there's always an evolution to almost all podcasts where they start off with a, a really niche you know side of things and they really delve deep into that and then you kind of start running out of topics and it starts to get more personal and yeah. then p- towards the end of it or you know it all just kind of evolves into the personalities talking about their week and yeah i definitely feel like we've kind of strayed away from you know work in the, you know, business in the workplace and, you know, all that fun stuff. But hey, I mean, a little bit of fun's not bad to have out. I mean, what the hell else are you supposed to do? I'm with you. I mean, I, and I, we get messages every day from people that say like, I love listening to your podcast because it feels like I'm hanging out with you guys. Right, right. And I think that's an important component of this too. And so I'm just like, but I, when I listen to their stuff, I'm like, damn, these guys are good. Like, it's a really great conversation almost every episode. So go out and check out Edge and Flow Find TJ. I think Lucas has an Instagram too. I just don't know what it is, but um, go find them and listen to them. There are a couple guys. I, I'm guessing in their 30s. You know, they've got young families and they're they're knife makers and they're just a, a good crew to listen to. So shout out to those guys and uh, yeah, looking to elevate the show. I mean, we I don't really know how to do that because I myself am not elevated. If that makes sense, like I <laughs> I know I'm I'm all business. You can ask anybody that's worked with me. Like I will. I will really crush it in the business world. It's just that I don't take it as I take it very seriously, but I also don't take it as seriously as some people do. If that mm. makes sense. I'm just, I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I, Is I it- fully believe that you can, you can push. I know I could push myself to make a million dollars a year if I wanted to. Right. But um, I already know that the money is not the important part. It's actually the work that you do. And as long as you're being fairly compensated for that work, 
your happiness level will not change. You know, once you hit a certain dollar amount per year that you make and it has been proven, um, you know, uh, year in and year out, they do these studies on this stuff. It's like, you know, your quality of work life is just as important as your quality of home life. So the dollars don't really matter. It's just, do you love what you do? And sure. I do. I love what I do. And the money came and the money's there. But I could push myself to do 10x of what we're doing and stress myself out 10x. And I don't want that. I don't That's need that. That's the trade-off so. for sure. I almost yeah. wonder if if maybe this analogy kind of fits a little bit into it. When you first, you know, you get a dangerous machine in your shop, let's say for most people that are listening, a 2x72 belt grinder. At first, you're super timid about it. And every little move you make, you're thinking, oh, my God, this thing could really, you know, hurt me or, you know, the maybe the and then after a while as you're starting to use it and you're getting more comfortable with it you get a little bit more lackadaisical and you get a little bit more comfortable with it i almost wonder if you know you have you have run so many businesses that like you know all of that all of the stuff that stresses out a new business order um owner it's kind of just second nature to you and you don't really have to stress about all of the little things because you already have all that shit covered yeah does that make that's sense true. Yeah, that is definitely makes sense. Yeah, you're right about that. Because I used to stress out. I, I remember when I rented my first commercial space, I didn't have enough money to pay for the internet connection. Like that was that was really like my biggest concern was like, how am I going to pay like $80 a month for this internet? Like it's it's insanely difficult for me to achieve that. And now I'm just like, okay, well, wait, I can get gigabit internet for a couple hundred bucks? Yeah, hell yeah, let's do that shit. You know, like <laughs> I I'm can ready, drop- but- you, you can drop 100000 on this crazy machine that you want to experiment with? Why, why yeah. the fuck not? <laughs> exactly. And that's, see, that's the beauty of, you know, the but that you climb that ladder slowly because if you don't, you run a real big risk of, you know, failure. So, you know, it's just important. But you're right. I, I, I definitely do not ever forget where I came from because sure. I, every day I walk in here and I go, how the hell do we do this? Like, how did we get here? It was, a you know, that David Byrne song, like, how did I get here? <laughs> and uh, I have those moments, man. I, I really do, because, you know, you work so hard and you, you think, OK, this will accomplish something, but you don't really know fully where. OK, let me tell you a story. Today uh, is my parents' 54th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. Right? That's amazing. Yeah. They came by my shop today and they told me a story about why they ended up in Florida and how I ultimately ended up in Florida. And um, and this is just this is uh, meant to sort of spur some sort of uh, existential crisis within all of you who are listening to this, because then some of you are going to walk away very positive. Some of you are going to walk away and go, what's it all for? But the so my parents, uh, when my dad was in his like mid 50s, maybe mid to late 50s, they came to travel to Florida to find a condominium. They wanted to buy like a possibly like retirement place, buy it in their from their IRA and hold it and, you know, that kind of thing, like as an investment. They immediately drove down, ended up at Amelia Island, which is like a little bit north of here. Okay. And they were looking at Amelia Island. They, they wanted to maybe buy there. And um, so it's something they wanted to drive further south. So they ended up in Naples. While they were in Naples, they're sitting at a stoplight and my mom looks to the right and in the RV sitting immediately to their right is my dad's brother-in-law and sister sitting in their RV. 
What? Totally random, right? Totally fucking random. Did not know that they were in. Now, they live in Illinois, and my parents live in Illinois, and they did not know that either of them would be in Florida at the same time. They ended up at the same stoplight in the same town at the exact same minute, right? How bizarre. And how right. often do you stop at a stoplight and look at the cars around you? Right, exactly. Like that, my that could have been, yeah. you know, yeah, okay. So my dad hollers at my brother, my his my uncle, his brother-in-law, and goes, "Hey, man, hey, let's you know, let's hang out or whatever. Let's get some lunch." They go and get lunch, and my uncle says to my dad, "Oh, you don't want to live in, uh, you don't want to buy an Amelia Island. You want to go to Marco Island. It's a little further south of here. Just go drive drive down to Marco and check it out." Well, my parents crossed over that bridge and they fell in love with that island. And then probably 10 years later, they would move there. Right. Okay. And that's how I ultimately ended up down here because I lost my job in Illinois and I was just out of college and I had nowhere to go. So I was just like, screw it. I'll go to Florida. And um, and I think about like, that's how I met my wife. And that's how, you know, just all this, these things happen because my mom and dad stopped at a McDonald's to buy an ice cream cone. And when they were leaving that McDonald's, they turned onto a street and ran into my aunt and uncle. Yeah. And I'm in this exact location because of that one random act, that one random happenstance. I ended up here. Sure. And I would have never started this grinder company had I not met Sarah. So, you know, she was the big push. She was like, you got to do this. Like, do you have something here? She was like really pushing me to start Housemaid and encourage me to do that. And I would have probably never met her. And it, my life would look dramatically different if that ice cream cone hadn't changed the, the world, right, for me. Anyway, sure. Think so about pe- this for So a many second. people out there wouldn't have a cheap enough grinder to start making knives to then eventually – flip that into a whole, you know, my knife making business unless you guys met at that one corner and it just it's so crazy, happened to work right? out. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that, like from the butterfly effect <laughs> sure. aspect. And some people, again, will take positivity away from that. And others might just go, what does it all mean? Right. We, we all end up where we are. The difference though, here's the positive piece of this is that no matter what I chose to do, I probably would have succeeded and made an impact on the world because that's who I am, right? That's me in a nutshell. Whether it was grinders or computers or whatever I ended up doing, that would have been that would there would have been some impact. It sure. just wouldn't have happened just like it did now. But I am so grateful for being here and being a part of this community and working with this community and working for the community and man my, my life is just I just I, every wait, every waking day, I wake up, I like look around, and I go, "Holy shit!" I get to go to work and do the shit I love every single day. Absolutely, and it's a great feeling. So, and you wouldn't have been able to make it without the support of all of the people around you and all of that, you know. Oh yeah, no doubt. It, a support system is insanely important, and and people don't realize that. And I know that because I was married once before, and I didn't have that same support system. In fact, I had the negative side of it. N- mm. Not that it was intentional or malicious it just it just wasn't there you know and and that's that's okay you know people project you know if somebody tells you you can't do something it's because they probably failed at doing it you and or I they have, failed you, at once at time at something like that yeah you and I have a very similar situation with that because before I met Emily I was in a almost five-year relationship with someone who also had that negative outlook and I was you know right right around you know when I was dating her is when I started when I made my first knife and I really got into knife making. 
But, you know, she was always very negative about it. Like, oh, it's a hobby, but you would never, you know, there's no money in it. And who wants to pay that much for something that you could buy at Walmart? And that right. negativity, it just completely, you know, luckily I was able to, you know, persevere over top of it and still make and still fall in love with it and still, you know, keep going with it. But I mean, and even though imagine that if that if per- that relationship kept going and then, you know, all of a sudden, you, you know, that would it. have worn me down and. That's who right. knows? I could still be at Target. <laughs> and that person was not doing it because they wanted to be malicious or they wanted to hold you back. Well, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know their motivation solely, but I, I'd like to give people, most people, the benefit of the doubt. But the thing is, <laughs> you're like, ah. but, the, but the thing is, is most people will tell you you can't do it because they either failed at it or they knew somebody that failed at it. They're just projecting their own sort of gig in their own head. They don't know. They don't know what's possible. In fact, we were just having this conversation this morning on the way to work. Sarah and I drive to work together sometimes. And she goes, she goes, you know, man, did you ever think you'd be doing this? Like, you know, even five years ago. And I said, I I didn't. And in fact, there was, there's just these moments that I have where I start thinking to myself, like, you know, um, certain people don't see the possibilities. Like they don't have, I had a long conversation with a buddy of mine this last weekend and I was telling him, like, hey, this is what's possible. You should do this. And, you know, I could kind of see, like, the doubt, like the self-doubt. Mm. And I started to think about, like, I was that guy at one time. Because people would tell me positive things, like, hey, you know, you're really talented. You should do this. And I wouldn't believe them. I would go, eh, you know, you know, I don't know if I could achieve that or whatever. It was only until I think I started to unlock just through pure action, unlock a whole bunch of um, skill sets in myself that I started to become confident to take even bigger risks, right? You know, like who would have thought I'd ever own like this CNC machine? Like that's crazy to me. I mean, I have a manual mill that I've only owned for five years. Sure. And it's essentially a glorified drill press. And now I'm going to have this thing with servos and all this craziness. And I think to myself like, wow, why why would anyone invest a hundred thousand dollars in a machine when they really don't even know what the fuck they're doing? And I have zero doubt in my mind that this machine will make me money. I'm, no doubt in my mind. I'm a hundred percent comfortable with it. The thing is, is that some people are just incredibly risk averse. No matter, I mean, unless that unless that percentage is damn near a hundred percent, some people just won't take that jump. Uh, yeah. There are people in my life who are incredibly good at what they do and like exceed so much that they've, you know, built companies for other people, but won't take the jump to build the company for themselves and take sure. all of that profit, you know? And it's just like you, you hate to see it because there's so much, you know, so much there that is squandered because you just won't take that step yourself. And uh, yeah, of course, if if you take the step and it fails, it's going to suck and you're going to have to find that job again. But like, you know, you, you never you never will, you know, get climbed to those heights unless you take the risk. And some people don't want to take the risk. They they have no interest in it. I, I've just I've met a, a bunch of people who are just not driven in that way. And that's okay too. You know, like for me, I'm not wired like that. I am a true entrepreneur. I am not employable. It is just not a thing that I can do. I don't like working for others. It's just, it's difficult for me. And I would rather work 80 hours a week for myself than 40 hours a week for someone else. Sure. That's just how I am. 
But there's some people that go, I want to have my evenings. I want to have my weekends. I don't want right. to work, yeah, you know, that time. So, uh, and, and I understand that too. I, I totally get it, but man, you know, punching a clock, fuck that. I, I can't <laughs> do it. No way. Never. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Brian, I, Hey, I wanted to mention Ben, we miss you. Uh, Ben had a doctor's appointment and a bunch of other stuff going on today. Couldn't make it, but uh, that's okay. And we'll continue. And um, we miss you, brother. And, and you'll be back soon enough. Uh, uh, Brian, tell me about your working week. I know you're probably working on the house and the workshop. So what's going on? So, yeah, we've actually, you know, just finally finished up the bedroom so that everything is the way that we want it. Painted, floors, trimmed, everything is all completely done in the one room. So now when we get done at the end of the day, we can go to bed in a room that just feels right, you know. Next, we're going to be switching over to the living room. Um, You know, basically, I'm going to have to do paint, floors, and trim all over again. And, uh, you know, we're tearing out some more stuff and we're basically today I, I was tearing out some cabinets that have been, obviously it has been there since the day it was built because the, the nice hardwood ceilings don't actually go behind the cabinets. There's this, this, (laughs) where the cabinets were built, they didn't, they didn't finish putting the ceilings all the way to the, to the wall. So (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Fucking course. Of course. (laughs) Just another thing we're going to have to patch up and fix and whatever else, but yeah. What can That's you do? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I got some time out in this shop where I'm basically I've got maybe half of my stuff. None of the heavy stuff. I need a I need a buddy to help me go over there and, you know, lift the heavy anvil and the the body to my grinder and my drill press and all the heavy stuff. But um, I have half of my stuff over. I've got some shelves built and, you know, I'm basically just organizing it and, you know, kind of figuring out where everything's going to go and what my workflow is going to be. Which sure. I'm happy with that. And then one day, um, what was it? What day was it that we got on that text conversation on Instagram? Do you remember? Uh, are, you, are you talking about with everybody, with the the big group of people? Or yeah. Just me and you? yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah it was uh, last week. Yeah, it was, was it last week? Yeah, it was, it was yeah. just after the show, I imagine. But, uh, you know, we all know Neil is going through, Neil from Maximus Knives is going through kind of a, well, actually a very difficult time where basically his his wife is left and his son has special needs and needs 24-hour care. And uh, because the wife left and is no longer, like, willing to watch the kid, Neil is the sole provider for the for his kid and hence couldn't go to work because he needed to watch the kid because he doesn't have family around. Lost his job, is now thrust into full-time knife-making and is just in the shittiest position. And we all know Neil. He's, like, the nicest guy, and he's he... He's the type of person where, you know, if you needed something, he would take his shirt off his back to, you know, provide for you. And he's, you know, he goes above and beyond for everyone. So, you know, basically a group of us, including you and a bunch of other people, kind of talked about, you know, this situation, what we can do to help him. And we kind of got together this idea of doing a mega raffle, just like Pickle Cutters did. Um, but yeah, we... what What is it up to? Like 40 or 41 people that have put in put in stuff yeah. for this giant raffle. It's ridiculous. It's that, yeah. but I spent one day basically, you know, contacting people and getting, getting people on board and kind of springboarding this thing up to as big as we possibly can. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a raffle. I think, what was it at? It's $15 a ticket and there's, it's either one ticket for $15 or 40 for three tickets. 
kind of that situation. You have to contact Neil over at Maximus Knives to get that all set up. But um, yeah, I think the big thing at this point, we, we have, like I said, 40 people and it's a lot of really big names and a lot of really, really cool things that are going on to this raffle. But, but the biggest thing is we need, you know, to push this on social media. So if everybody who's listening to this can look up Maximus Knives, if you're not already, already following him, please hit that follow button help the brother out. Um, and make your own post. I, I'm sure Neil can put together a, a very shareable post, you know, something that is nice and concise and gets the, gets the idea out there. And uh, yeah, biggest thing is we need to push this on social media so most people can, you know, see this and get in on it because there are people in this raffle that you just cannot get stuff from. You know, there's, there's stuff that very, very exclusive stuff and really, really interesting items and this is a like cheap-ass way to name get in. One. Name one of those things. Uh, Ira Housewart's putting in something. You know, one of his oh, forged, yeah. you know, the dude's awesome. You know, there's there's a lot of really cool things. I'm putting in a knife. You're putting in, I think, what is it, two of the collaboration knives, one with pickle cutters and one with um, That's right. uh, Ben Seagal. Ben's Bites, yep. thank you. <laughs> I could think of Ben Seagal and not Ben's Bites. No, I really have that flipped around. Uh, yep. There's a master list here somewhere, but I I don't have it right here in front of me. But there's yeah, a, a lot, lot of rare really... pieces and, and it's like 40 plus things are going to be given away. So if you buy a ticket, the chances are, you know, you, you've got a pretty good uh, chance to win something, which is really yeah. cool. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the thing about this community and um, being a part of that thread on Instagram, listening to all the ideas and the concepts and the generosity. Uh, you know, there's there was, you know, Lawrence stepped up and and got a big company to donate some stuff. And it's just it's fantastic to see people organizing to assist someone who needs the help. And, you know, uh, this is how th- that this is how the world should work, you know, right. but it just doesn't for some reason. And then when you see it deployed in a way where it's just it's just random and beautiful, it's it's really heartwarming to watch. Um, so pay it forward. Go find Maximus Knives on Instagram. Message Neil. Buy a ticket or ten tickets or whatever you want to to get your hands on some good stuff. And if you don't win anything, who gives a shit? Because the money went towards a good cause anyway. So right, that's, that's exactly. The, that's the thing. So a yeah. couple other are popping off in my mind. Um, Timber Tiger Forge is putting in a bar of Damascus. And speaking of Damascus, you know Baker Forge and Tool put in some Damascus. And I think it's like three three billets, like Tiger Mai and like you know, Maiden's Hair and another type of billet. Yeah, they're they're going crazy. So there's not only just knives. There's not only, you know, Kawa and Jeanette's putting in a wooden spoon. You know, there's so many really cool things. But not only is there items that you can use like knives or spoons or, you know, stuff like that. There's also tools with the, you know, the, the Damascus and there's materials and there's so many different things that it's just so worth it to get in on it for sh- such a cheap price. And also, again, you're helping out Neil, who's in a bad spot and would literally help anyone, it, a, a stranger on the street, he would stop and help. You know, he's just one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. And Pickle did a raffle for his sister-in-law who has cancer and Justin from Rainy Day Forge, he stepped up and assisted in the process. I watched the entire live feed. You know, with as much weed as Pickle smokes, it's unbelievable that he was able to keep all that shit straight. I mean, there was a <laughs> spreadsheet. I mean, if if this is a testament, it's a true testament 
that weed does not affect that stuff because he had this thing down. I mean, it was unfucking believable to watch this process. And now, it was it was that- like normally I would bow out and not watch, but I'm like, this is entertaining. I mean, it was entertaining. And all the prizes that came out of that thing, I mean, god damn, yeah. man, that was awesome. So and and again, this is a result of a bunch of people getting together to help somebody. I mean, they yeah. raised like twenty grand or something. I mean, it's unbelievable. Absolutely. This community is just filled with generous, amazing humans, and I am proud to be a part of it. So, well, it's time to get that train rolling again because I mean, yeah. we did we stepped up for pickle. Now we need to step step up for Neil for sure. Definitely. All right. Good deal. All so right. Brian, Anything else going on? Well, no, I was just about to turn it around. What's going on in your workshop this week? Oh, man. We've uh, we've started moving things around in my workshop to get room for the CNC, ta- uh, CNC mill. How big and is that thing, by the way? So it'll take up a, a square footage of 10 by 10. So 100 oh, square shit. feet. Yeah. That's, that's big. <laughs> It's, and it's like, like literally it's, half of my shop. Yeah. So, and I have to pay a rigger to like take it off the truck and stuff. Like I, I, I probably could have done it with Atlas, but I, I'm not insured for it. So if I right. drop it, it's, you know, it's my piece of shit. So, um, I'm like, I hired a guy, local guy with a crane to come and they offload it and then they roll it into position and all that. And get this, just to have that done is twenty five hundred bucks. Of course, and he was, and he was the cheapest guy, <laughs> right? And 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 I didn't go with him because he was like the cheapest. I went with him because I spent a long time on the phone with him, and I feel real comfortable. And he also knows my machine shop guy, so like I double, triple checked his work and stuff. But like I had another company quote me almost thirty eight hundred bucks. And I asked wow. them, how long do you think you'll be here? They're like, 30 minutes. Oh, Jesus. I'm like, I'm in well, the wrong again, goddamn business. <laughs> and, you know, that's the whole thing, you know, with the, you know, it's not, it's the guy with the little hammer that comes out and it's yeah. $10,000 to get your thing running. You know, all he does is I'm go out and you. hits it with the side once. Yeah, I hear you. It's I know how it to is, do it, man. They know how to do it. They have the equipment and they're insured. That's the big thing. They're insured yeah. to remove it from the truck because... They make you sign like four pieces of paper that says, if your forks touch that pallet at that moment, you own it mm. at that moment. If it's anything happens to it from that point forward, it's on you. Mm. So you better be insured for that. And of course, I call my insurance company and they're like, yeah, <laughs> no. So, <laughs> no. so, you know, of course, I'm paying for this guy's insurance and his equipment and all that. And he's super hell of a nice guy, too. Florida guy. He's just a really good guy, and he lives locally. So, but, uh, so yeah, so we're making room for that. So I shifted. So, all right, you're going to, you're going to think I'm super nerdy, but I, what I did was a, a long time ago when I first bought this building, I drew it all up in CAD. And right, it's fairly simple. Yeah, it's fairly simple. It's a big open room, right? So, it wasn't too tough, but you know, we have windows and doors and things that you have to kind of account for. And so when I drew up in CAD, when I bought this machine, I went to Haas and I said, Hey, can I get a 3d model of the machine? And they were like, sure. You know, and they had it. And so I was able to drop a rendered version of this machine into my shop. And originally I had thought that I was going to put it in the far right, far back, right corner. Okay. And when I, dumped it into my CAD drawing, I was like, that ain't going to work. 
And I realized why. And, you know, there was certain angles of doors that need to open and things. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, then I need to move somewhere else. Can you imagine if I had paid that guy to roll <laughs> that thing in here and then I had to have it moved like a week later? I mean, right. <laughs> so I'm um, super glad I did that. And, yeah, it's nerdy. But I, I actually went so far as to, like, draw out my tumbler, draw out my mill, yeah. Just like representations of them, not like detailed representations, but, you know, um, my workbenches and things like that, because I want to know if I need to reorganize my space, what's the most efficient way to do it. And this was like a, an awesome example as to why that's important. So got that going on. I had to wire up a sub panel to put more power in here to run the machine because it's it's a pretty it you know it needs 40 amps of power so it's like a pretty decently it's a you know needs juice yeah yeah so we did that and um and then when we were moving everything we we're like okay the walls are all dinged up so we might as well fix the walls and we patched the walls and we painted the walls and all in the meantime i'm you know slowly piecing the forge project together from the plan standpoint and from the Part standpoint. In fact, I'm expecting a phone call any moment. the the uh, The truck should show up either today or tomorrow, with all of the Apollo, the first fifty Apollo forges wow. will be on that truck. So, uh, yeah. So, and we're doing that. And then, of course, Friday, uh, the day after this podcast comes out, will be the pre-sale. So you'll be able to go on our website and buy the first batch of the Apollo Forge. There it is. There it is. Which will definitely be the cheapest version of this forge. Like <laughs> you will never be able to get it this cheap ever again. This, if you want one, you better get one on there that day because I've got the, a What's list. the price for the uh, the first round? So the the shell, the doors, and the refractory will be four fifty five shipped. And that I originally thought was going to be three ninety, and I looked at I'm like I, I'm going to lose my ass on this. Like it, the margin is so little. Like it's so tight. We're learning though. Sure. And the problem is with this is that we can't use cardboard to ship this and it can't like, you know, it's not affordable to put them on a pallet because you know, that's just even crazier. So we're building custom wooden crates. Oh Jesus. One. Yes. So is and that something that you can find? Like you can have a pre-made, you know, crate. No, we're making them. Jesus. And, 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 and they're not, you know, they're not like terribly complicated, but it's, it's and and then by the time they're shipped, they're like 85 pounds. The oh box is because, you know, the box weighs nine pounds, the crate, sure. and then you got to put everything in it and, you know, whatever. So and then to ship that box, we did a bunch of tests. We like simulated one to Dennis Terrell because he's like way the fuck over on the other West Coast. <laughs> and we simulated one to Pickle in Maine. And the average cost of shipment was over a hundred bucks. So just to ship the damn thing is a hundred dollars. So like, you know, and I get it. People are going to go, Oh, 455. That's a lot of money. You know, Hey, I get it. This is a lifetime product though. You buy this one time and it's, that's it. And you, you, all you'll ever have to do is probably replace a firebreak or two every once in a while. But I mean, it's, it's a long living product that will never die. It's just, like the logistics are crushing me. Like I, every time I turn around and it's like, Oh, now there's another $3 invested in that. Okay. Now there's this and there's that. And it just keeps cha-ching, 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 cha-ching all the way up. And, um, but we committed to the 455 number because we felt like, you know, for our first learning run of 50 of these, then what we learn during this 50 will be a grand education. 
So right. I feel like we're, you know, we're making a little bit of money on each one and we're learning a whole lot. So, you know, um, and I had a few people messaging me, Hey, is there going to be a discount on this first run? This is the first, this is the discount. It's the right. first run price. That's the discount and everything else past that. will we'll have to evaluate at the end, but I imagine it not going up too terribly much, maybe like another hundred bucks or $150. It just depends. But we did this when we did the Revolution project, too. I mean, the Revolution was super cheap in the beginning. It's because we didn't know what we were doing. You know, we we was like, then at the end of the day, you're like, wait, I don't have any money left over. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I thought we were supposed to make a profit on this shit, you know? So, like, but you learn and you just keep moving, you know? Um, but, uh, so, yeah, so we're balls deep into the Apollo. And, and uh, I don't think we're going to end up at Jason Knight Studio. I know we talked about going oh, no. up there, but... You know, he's got so much going on up there, and I don't want to add to the stress. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to crate this bastard up, and I'm going to ship it up there with a bunch of gun- fun stuff, and I'm just going to say have at it. And and I think they'll be able to set it up just fine. I don't think there's going to be any problems because by then there'll be a video out so he can watch the video on how to assemble it and stuff. Sure. And literally, it takes like 30 minutes to assemble this damn thing. I mean, it's super easy. But, you know... I I felt I feel like Jason is underwater just with the renovation of the new studio and I right. don't want to show up and just you know so we're probably just going to skip that part uh, but eventually I would like to do a work for it Jason Knight class where either Jason comes down to Florida and teaches here or we all end up in uh Tennessee where he is and uh we all take a class together and sure. I think that would be a great way to support Jason Knight because, you know, we go up there and, you know, 10 of us or whatever take a knife class from them. We would all have a good hell of a time and we could put a little money in into a bucket and, you know, throw it in any which way. And it supports his work. And, and he I know he would love it, too. So uh, at some point, I think maybe what we'll do is we'll plan that out, you know, and everybody can we'll make it like a big fun thing for some work for it people and offer yeah. it to the patrons first. And then, you know, set a cap. I'll talk to Jason and be like, hey, how, you know, how many people can we do and whatever else. So. So, yeah. Was but that yeah, just man, you? Was that just you inviting yourself up to Jason Knight's studio? <laughs> <laughs> I already did it once to him. And, and, and I I heard a little reluctancy in his voice. And it wasn't that he was being a jerk. Or anything. He was just like, well, you know, we're in the middle of this and we're doing that. And, you know, I, and, and I, I didn't want to push. Because right. I know how busy I am, and if somebody offers to come here, which we get that offer a lot, and not that I don't want to hang out with everybody, but my caveat is, like, you know, Pickle's coming here in another week, and he knows the deal. He he's shows working. up here. He fucking works while he's here, and right. he loves it. I mean, we work hard all goddamn day. Then we make knives and shit at night or, or party or whatever, and it's like that's that's the existence we have but like you know i do have some people that want to come here and just show up and hang out and i'm like you i don't want to give you the wrong impression i sound like a really fun guy and at times (laughs) i really am however when it comes down to making money and running a business you'll never meet anybody no fucking around we're working and and i'm happy to put you to work and most people go eh you know they don't they don't typically want to do that they just want to hang out um, and I, and I get that too, but like my hanging out is working. So that's where I'm at, you know? And, um, 
But uh, but yeah, no, Pickle's coming here. To, so totally stoked about him showing up here, and it, he'll be here just in time to make all those crates for the Apollo Forges. There I mean, is. isn't it just a great timing? <laughs> Pickle, man, we got shit for you to do, brother. <laughs> I hope you know how to use a circular saw. <laughs> I was just going to so. say, I feel bad for Brent having to make all these crates. The, the poor guy. Holy <laughs> shit. Now, when you were you made that like pedestal thing with all the rolling wheels on top to to make it so that it's easier to you know wrap those it fits at ship boxes those large ones from USPS. Yep. Have you figured something in, something out yet for these crates? The crates uh, they're wood, so they hold up a lot better than cardboard. So you can just set them on any workbench and fill them. And then we've toyed around with the idea, and this is even more expensive, but it might be worth it is to just drill two holes in the side and then use some rope to make like a suitcase handle for the crates. Cause they're kind of like, they look almost like a briefcase, you know, they're like t- only two inches tall, oh. they're like 23 inches wide and like 16 inches uh, or it's 23 inches long and, and 16 inches wide. Now call me crazy. Why wouldn't that fit in a USPS box? Uh, the USPS reduced the size. Uh, it, oh, well, a couple reasons. Yeah, they reduced the size down to fifth. They don't make anything over fifteen inches now. So like what? they don't. Yeah, nothing over fifteen inches. They've That's discontinued crazy. a bunch of boxes, and they just did another round of it again. But they also have a weight limit of seventy pounds. So even if they made a box that would fit this, we would exceed the weight by like seventeen pounds. So it just doesn't it it wouldn't work anyway and and you know these things are they're dense i mean they're quarter inch six quarter inch thick plates and it weighs the forged shell on its own weighs 73 pounds oh wow without any hardware without any ribbon burner or insulation it weighs 73 pounds so you know is it overbuilt probably will it last forever yes and that was our goal was to build an industrial forge an industrial forge and furnace. And well, that's the thing. That. Buy yeah. once, so. cry once. Speaking of those ribbon burners, that welding setup you figured out with the with the rotary wheel underneath. Yeah. My God, what what brought you to that idea? Well, the so Vever, which is the uh, company that makes that rotary positioner, they have been bugging me to sponsor the channel for a long time, and it's Vever. So, and I've owned some Vever stuff that's all very good. I've owned some Vever stuff that is not so good. So, like, I don't endorse anything that I have not fully used and tested. Uh, and so, I, and when I, we started the Ribbon Burner Project, I was like, man, it sure would be nice to have one of those rotary um, positioners. Uh, I wonder if Vever makes them, and they do. So, I reached out to the person who had been messaging me, and she's like, yeah, no, yeah, we'll send you one. No problem. They're expensive. They're like eight, nine hundred bucks. And sure enough, like, you know, f- a couple days later, a big crate shows up and it's this thing. And then Hurricane Irma hit and I never really got a chance to play with it. I mean, it was just like Brent and I made a couple of ribbon burners and we did it by hand. We were just messing around or whatever, but we never played with it. Well, they were up my ass. You know, of course, they sent me a thousand dollar machine. They want me to make a video on it and all this stuff. And I'm, and I'm like, look, I, I get it. I know you want your return on your investment. I just have not had a chance to fully deploy this machine because of the hurricane, because the project isn't there yet. Trust me, when I do, everybody in the world will see this thing if it, in fact, does what you say it does. 
If right. it doesn't, if it's a hunk of shit, I'm not going to show it. I'm not going to promote it or whatever. My reputation is super important. And by the way, somebody on Facebook, and I think you listen to the podcast, tried to call me out on being sponsored by Vever on <laughs> Facebook and tried to say that I was doing this only because they gave me the machine. Oh, I would like to say a hearty fuck you to you. And <laughs> so shove that right up your ass. And I didn't say it on Facebook because I'm too nice of a guy. I left let you off easy. I would never, ever, ever promote something that I did not truly test out. Well, so the I've, thing I've is, I've had this like, machine for two months. You know. Well, the thing is, like, you didn't. I don't remember seeing any Vever, you know, dick sucking on that video at all. Like, no, I, I just said I, that I remember. That I, I saw I, you. Yeah. I saw the machine work, and I saw the welder come in and weld the thing. I don't even remember seeing the word Vever in it at no. all. So, like, I how is this guy thinking that like this is a you know sponsored ad that isn't you know listed as sponsored? I tagged them in the in the oh. thing, and I mentioned their name in the the text, right? And I said thank you to Vever and all this stuff. And this oh, guy geez. wrote this big long shitty thing. And by the way, all right, I'm not going to get into it. But oh I just come felt, on, that's I, what the I, podcast I felt, is about. Get look, into this. Shit. I felt I was just like, who are you? Why would you even say this? To? He's like, I've had very poor experience working with Chinese machines, and oh. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean. But bro, just put that shit away. Like, you know, I have gotten things that are made in the United States that are not. I mean, these blanket statements, like attributing them to a race. Like, I'm sorry. Right. I, right. I just I wanted to just give the guy the middle finger and flame well, him, roast him hard on Facebook. But I didn't. But, but it's a very small minded approach to life. And you should change your thinking. I really do think that now. And yes, I, the machine was given to me, but no, it wasn't like, I, you know, I've said things like, you know, would I, would I promote this thing if it didn't perform? And then I show a video of the machine doing what it's supposed to do over and over again. And it works. Sure. I'm sorry, but the proof is in the video. You don't even have to ask me just, you know, I'm promoting it because the machine is good. It works. I don't get it. I don't understand why somebody would say that in a, in a public place, by the way. It was just very, very odd. It's the large statement of, you know, I've had problems with other Chinese machines, so therefore this one much must be shit, too. Right. You know, right. exactly. I've, of course, you know, you and I both, we like to support American as much as we possibly can because, you know, we're kind of patriotic people and we want to support local as local as you possibly can but it's just like anything you know in america there is fantastic companies and you know there's also some shit made here too and that's that's part of you know everything is you know yes there is some chinese shit that's out there but there's also some you know machines and some companies that are very highbrow and really you know high-end stuff and you know of course you want to support as local as you can but if this opportunity comes up and you want to you know maybe make it happen then why the fuck not? I would never purchase this machine. It would not be something that I would spend $1,000 on. By the way, $1,000 is a cheap version of it. Right. And if you want to buy an American version of it, they're like five grand. And sure. so when I had the opportunity, I took it, and I'm happy I did. It's a great machine. And the other stuff, by the way, I have other Vever equipment. Vever is like a blanket distributor, by the way. They're like a grizzly tool. They right. buy stuff and they put their own name on it. They're not like making everything. So when you see like, for instance, I can go buy a Vever welding, rotating welding positioner, and then I can go and buy a Vever ice maker. I mean, they make <laughs> it's literally like everything on the planet. They, they're putting their sticker on. 
And yes, they're based out of China. The thing is, is that when a company like this wants to get involved with an, an influencer, there's a lot of influencers who just say yes to everything and they just take everything. I, on the other hand, had purchased a number of Vever pieces of equipment because it was just the cheapest option on Amazon and I knew I only needed it for one thing. I purchased it. I used it. It worked. So I was like, well, they're offering me some stuff. And, you know, I've had pretty good experience. I've had some bad experience with Vever stuff. Like, just didn't work. I returned it. Okay, no big deal. No harm, no foul. But I paid for all those things. I bought them. Right. This thing is the only thing they have sent me. And they sent me a welding helmet along with it, which was made for a five-year-old because it does not fit my head. Uh, which I find funny, but it was like, okay, cool. They sent me that in a welding helmet. You know, and I, then I feel like maybe there's a video. joke. I feel like there's a joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to say it. It's borderline <laughs> at best. Yes. I already know. And and the thing, <laughs> everything's smaller over there. I don't know what it is. I, it's, I, uh, it's yay, just, uh, well, let's, let's just on. stop the train of thought. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what, I've had a good experience with it. And you know what? Who the hell is in the market for one of these goddamn things anyway? You know, people that follow my work are not going, you know, I could really use one of those rotating tables that you can get. It's such a specialized tool. There's so many people out there that follows you that is also industrial, you know, welding up those ribbon burners. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of times these are used for like guys who make exhaust systems. Sure. Which... Makes sense, you know. If you need a machine, you need something a workpiece to rotate slowly. It's a really cool machine, and I'm happy to have it. Uh, and I love the people at Vever; they're so nice. They're such they're such kind folks. But I turn them down on the regular. I just I just don't. I am a not a big fan of taking sponsorships anymore because mm-hmm. Housemade funds everything that I do. All the content that you see online that I create, it is because Housemade is self sufficient, and. Yes. And that is the goal for any content creator. If you want I got into this to be a content creator originally. Now I'm an internet industrialist and I'm just so happened to now make content because I still love doing it. And I I will say it's, you know, there are people out there and I can see what this gentleman was saying on Facebook. There's people out there that take free stuff and then a day later they they're promoting it. Right. And I think that that's not okay because you got to be able to test the equipment. You know, I, you know, I'm, I want this machine in my shop for three to five months and I want to use it regularly. And if it passes that test, then I'll tell my audience that it's a good thing and they, they should go and buy one. Can I cross promote all Vever products? No, I can't right. because they make the quote unquote make, you know, freaking everything that, you know, I, and it was funny because I'm looking at like my man basket was made by Vever. You know, like the magnets that I use to lift all my heavy plate steel, made by Vever. I didn't even know. I had no idea. The little vibrating thing that runs my uh, vibration table so that I can make my ribbon burners, made by Vever. Kind of wondering where that sentence was going to go. My little vibrator. uh... (laughs) I'm sure they're into that market too, Brian. I I would imagine. All those motors have to come from somewhere. But to like make a blanket statement on Facebook, man, I, I just was worried. I don't know why people do that. It just bothers me because the guy's basically questioning my integrity, and you will find very quickly that I do not take kindly to that, and especially somebody that would consider me a friend. Like, right? No. Wait, this is I didn't realize that aspect to it. This is a person that you actually know. It's just not. It's yeah. not just some passerby on Facebook. 
Yeah, well, it's 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 a guy that I mean I know and I've had phone conversations with. Ooh. Like when I first started, you know, we he had an idea for a concept, and I get a lot of these things where people want to you know ask they want me they want my opinion on things because okay. you know they they have an idea you know they want to produce something or they want the help producing something and um and you know and, and i took a lot of time and worked with him and stuff and and I, I mean it just to me it's just one of those things where it's just like you don't do that to people you should check yourself check yourself mm. check your head you don't do it that's it, just a massive faux pas. And it's possible that he's just salty because I turned him down and I didn't want to do his project. So and yeah, it, it wasn't original anyway. So bring me an original idea, then I'll do it. <laughs> you are putting this guy short of, <laughs> short of blurting out his name. You're putting him on blast. Bring me something that'll actually make money. <laughs> Damn, Brian. <laughs> Savage. All right. All right. Savage. I'm gonna, enough roasting. I feel like I got my, I shot my cannon. So then, you know, yeah. shots across the bow. That's it. So there it is. <laughs> well, Brian, we are 51 minutes in so far. Do we want to jump over to WFI projects? Uh, uh, yes. Let's jump into WFI projects. In fact, I have it pulled up right now. And real quick, though, I want to mention we have two new patrons this week. Hell yeah. Yeah. Who are the two? Yeah. Philip Whitmore joined the ranks. Nice. And Alan. He just Just goes by Alan. And every time I hear the word, the name Alan, I think of that. Have you ever seen that funny meme where there's that, um, that uh, groundhog and they like, they dub in, he's like, like a screaming groundhog. And it's just a, they dub in the guy. Alan. Alan. Steve. Alan. 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 (laughs) Yep, Alan. I know that one. Know you know exactly one. what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Alan, that's you. Not that you're the groundhog. That just <laughs> made me think of it. My brother-in-law's name is Alan, by the way. There you it's go. It's a great name. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. All right, let's move over to WFI Projects. Sure. So I've got the first one. It's from Spruce Hill Studio. It's uh, Will over there. Actually, we, we kind of collaborated on this situation because um, he listened in about basically – um, we had talked about this height gauge that somebody was making. Of course, I've forgotten the name of who was originally making it. But uh, I it believe, was Benjamin Mullins. I think. Right. I think he was making them out of Delrin plastic, if that was correct. Yes. Um, so uh, Will from Spru- Spruce Hill Studios has now made a 3D printed version of it. And he was kind of picking my brain about different things that, you know, we could do. Not we, but he could do different and uh, yeah, he has kind of come up with this height gauge that is all completely three or it's three D printed about ninety percent. There's one, um, I think I believe it's brass. What where you're... Yeah, what is that brass piece? What does that do? So there, does what that you... hold the thing and like hold the the gate or hold the the scribe? No. So this isn't. I mean, are you looking at the picture where there's three of them? There's two orange yes. and one. Okay, so. Yes. The top of it is where uh, a little knob gets screwed in, and the back side you can kind of see this little diamond pattern, which mm-hmm. is like on the right hand side of this picture. That's yeah. where the scribe goes in, and then that screw goes in and holds the scribe steady. Oh, oh, oh! I got you. I got you. Okay. And yeah, yeah. the oh, the I diamond. See I see it now. The diamond was kind of my idea, where you know instead of having a round hole and having to get that thing lined up perfect and really being only being able to do one size of scribe 
you know, oh. an oversized diamond, it's it'll kind of make it universal. I that love this. Situation. Then the ergonomics. I'm watching the video the, of him using it right now, and that's yeah. that makes a ton of sense. He even made his own little knob. I love it. You know yeah. me and knobs. I love <laughs> good knob. You're a knob man for sure. But anyway, I am a so, knob man. <laughs> yeah, this little scribe. That's, that's still that line still comes back to haunt me. Like, people <laughs> email that to. Hey, just listening to the uh, Essential Craftsman podcast and heard you talk about your knob. <laughs> I'm a yeah. Knob guy. Anyways, back to this height gauge. I mean, it's it's uh, nice cool and ergonomic. Idea. It's 3D printed, so they're going to be nice and cheap. And one of – actually, I believe either one or two of them are going to go up in this big grand raffle for Neil. So, Does he uh, have them for sale now? Like can you buy them from him? Or? Literally, while I was talking – or while I was getting this um, raffle – like the, getting the people onto this raffle, we were talking about this, you know, this uh, design thing and – it it started with an idea at the end of they listened to the podcast last week and between then and now he's come up with this design. Oh, so you know it's really very cool very new. But yeah, well, well done, well done. I yeah. I love this. I think it's fantastic and it deploys that three D printing stuff so you can repeat it and do it cheaply and uh, and it solves a huge problem in the community. I mean, really, dude. The amount of different gadgets I've tried to come up with to do this to simulate what they're doing, right, is crazy. And then none it's, of them ever worked. And it's so <laughs> simple. And then shittily. the scribe, it literally, you just find the the cheapest one on Amazon, and you get a couple of them. And when the thing gets dull, you know, you of course with scribes, you can you know sharpen them up, and then eventually it'll get short enough where you have to throw it out. Well, at that point, you can just you know grab any old scribe that'll fit inside of there, and it's relatively universal with that diamond hole that it goes through. So it's, I don't know. I really like this thing. I do too. I think it's great. Uh, check out spruce.hill.studio. That's Will from Maine. And uh, go check him out. I don't know if he's going to have a website, um, but uh, Will, you need to update your Instagram because it's not in your bio if you have one. So Right. Um, all right. So let me go back. I, got, I dug into his... Um, his feed. All right, Chris from Full Steam Designs, right? Full underscore Steam underscore Designs. Uh, he has been working on a. Uh, I don't know if this would be considered a planisher. He calls it a helve hammer. Mm. Have you seen this thing he's making? I don't know mm-hmm. if he got this from a kit or whatever. I saw it on Reddit initially because he's like totally trolling Reddit with this thing where he didn't have it bolted down and he was running it and it was just jumping all over his workshop. It was hilarious. And the Internet just totally bid on it and roasted him. And it was great. Is he the, knew it was going to happen. It was like a little the, power hammer kind of, but it's it's like a it's hammer that's metal. almost at eye level and it like jumps really quickly. Yes. I think I saw and, that, too. Once you bolt it down, I right. mean, it, it's it's like a, like not an English wheel, but there's another name for it. But there, there, there's it's really cool. I just love that he built it and that it's in his garage and bolted down to his floor. And it's for shaping metal because, you know, he does a lot of that like body work stuff and, you know, making different sh- metal shapes, you know. So uh, w- really well done, Chris. And uh, if you're not listening to Chris's podcast called Makeshift makeshift all one word with Corey from odyssey cnc you need to 
That's another one that's like the elevated uh, conversation that you won't find here. God damn it. <laughs> All right. I've got Pelican Paste. Um, yeah, this Pelican Paste is another one of those axe wax, or not not axe wax, but wax for knives. What are you doing, Brian? Don't call I it know, axe I'm wax. sorry. I messed God up. God damn it. <laughs> I done goofed. It's just like Odie's oil. I mean, I mean, axe <laughs> wax. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's pelican paste. Goddamn it! It actually is different than all those products. And yes, here, it and is. Let me tell you why, because I have some here. Me um, too. It, it's it's like a harder wax. Yeah. So I like to consider it uh, something that you would warm up. Like you could set it in the sun, and it would be like a perfect uh, viscosity. And then once it's on whatever you're putting it on, this is my biggest beef with a lot of the different waxes out there is that they dissipate too quickly. Yes. And they do that because they th- make it thin. And I am mm-hmm. a, I'm a actual, I have like some authority to talk about this because at 20 years ago, I developed my own wax product before it was fucking cool like everybody else. <laughs> I had my own wax product. And um, and of course you had to make it thin so that you could melt it with your hand. Like it had to have a melting point of of around 98 you know like 97 98 here's a question are are we finally gonna make the house made pomade or what yeah see that's the thing i i feel like trav everybody should make it i'll just put the recipe out there so people can make it but it's i wear it in my hair every day i mean it's it's great and but it's it's also like the okay so the pelican paste when you warm it of course it goes you can't really warm it with your body heat it's not it's it's too thick for that you need something else like a heat gun or something else but once it get whatever it gets on it seals it Mm -hmm. and it's because it it's more wax than oil if that makes sense and so the his ratio is heavier on the wax than it is the oil so here's what you do you wax whatever it is you warm it up and it let it soak into the pores and hit it with a buffing wheel like Mm -hmm. a handle a knife handle whatever and it just sets that stuff in there so you can buy Pelican Paste on his website, by the way, pelicanpaste.com, and, and go get yourself a tin of it. And it's affordable. It's not, like, crazy expensive. Here's the thing that you're going to love. I think – didn't he add, like, an orange scent to it? Yeah. Well, see, mine doesn't have that. Yeah, mine, mine too. Is, mine yeah, is pre the waxy. orange scent, and I'm kind of like, you know, damn it. I, I wish I could run out of this stuff quicker so that I could, you know, get the orange. I know. I know. I know. I'm with you. Uh, Oxford Blade Co., our man Justin Ducas, he is uh, the maker of those fancy schmancy sharp sharpies. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Oh, I have. Uh, he's got those on his uh, website, but he's also and the sharpie thing must be going gangbusters for him because he's just got tons of them on there, and he's also got fantastic knife work. Um, I met Justin. Did I meet? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Justin. We met at uh, Blade Show last year. Hell of a guy. And uh, I want to call out this one post because he bought a snap maker and it's a laser CNC and 3D printer. It's sure. like all in one. And he made a post about it. So it looks pretty cool. I, I'm getting heavily into CNC because I f- feel like it's the future of my business um, because I refuse to hire employees because you know, <laughs> I like robots. Because you're a stingy I like bastard. I don't know. That's not it. <laughs> I like I like robots. They don't talk back. They don't call in sick. I've got Kawa and Jeanette with more of these 
just gorgeous spoons. And I've got about 20 people going live on my phone. I'm getting all these notifications. Sorry about that. Anyways, Kawa and Jeanette, um, of course, we all know her for her lovely spoons. This is a set of coffee spoons. And one is out of hickory and the other one's out of rosewood. So you kind of have like a light side, dark side feel with this post. Man, I love it. it. They're just so gorgeous. So well done. We all know. She's great. We all know. If you need anything made out of wood that scoops. She's she's the one for sure. Go to Kawo Jeanette in Alberta, Canada. She's an amazing human being, too. Super well, shoot. nice. Brian, she's, got yeah, a, well, she's got a gift in there for uh, the Maximus thing, yes, doesn't she? Does. she? Yes, she does. She's yeah. thrown in a spoon. Well, do you want to throw out another one, or do we want to jump right over to the dad joke? Yeah, let's go to the dad joke because we got it's we're what now? We got to be close to an hour in. Yeah, we're over an hour. Okay, all right, let's do a dad joke. And then we got we got um uh we got a bunch of really great um questions in the uh you know patron thing that we do. If well, you're a patron, you get the after show. We answer your questions. I'm distracted. I'm looking at my phone now because very I'm well said. I got Brian. a mi- that was so I got a million of these freaking jokes. Just eloquent. I love it. <laughs> So uh, this is very apropos because uh, Neil Warren, uh, Maximus Knives, sure. sent this over to me, and I'm just going to play some of these dad jokes that he, he sent over. My wife still thinks I'm sexy. Every time I walk by her, she says, what an ass. Every time I get to work, I hide. Oh, yeah. Good employees are hard to find. My wife. <laughs> oh my god, I can't I can't keep up with it, guys. Come on. There's there's like a hundred in this reel, but it they're all good. So Neil, thanks for sending it over to us. Um yeah. Uh and I, I'm like laughing the whole time. It's just i get dad jokes out the out the wazoo. It's great. I really love it. So thank you nice. for sending those over. And Steve Grillo, Nate Walpole. I mean, there's just there's so many people that send them over and uh I try to use, you know. Mix it up a little bit, but sure, sure. Uh, okay, so let's go to massages, massages inside of uh, patrons. So if you're a patron for as little as one dollar <laughs> a month, <laughs> messages. I'm like, what in the hell is he talking massages. about? Massages, massages. Okay, messages. Uh, if you're a patron, you get to ask us a question, and um, and and then we'll answer them. Yeah. So last week we answered Matt Picker's question on the after show, and it was about Europe and binding together those countries, the maker community in those countries. And this one comes from Alexander Sloat. Okay. We appreciate you, Alexander. He says, I have a question or topic, but I know everyone talks about, but nobody ever really goes in depth on. And that is, when is it a good time to go full time? Ooh. Let's talk about how and when it was right for each of you. Also, how to legally start a business and do taxes and all the business stuff that no one talks about. Everyone says, just start making something. I started and I've been making for a couple of years now and I've been making some some sales, but I would like advice on setting up an official business. So we'll cover all of those topics in the after show. Thank you, Alexander Sloat, for your contribution to our show. And this is a question that I'm very, very well versed on because uh, and I've got some uh, opinions on this stuff that maybe some people haven't thought about. So uh, 
five out of six entrepreneurs will do this to be successful. And you'll have to listen to the after show or become a patron to to hear us discuss this. <laughs> I love all these data. like super clickbaity endings that you're doing. That's hilarious. Listen, Brian, <laughs> my opinion might shock you. <laughs> Good. It's important. All right. Hey, listen, we know you're out there working for it. You listen to this podcast. Go check out all the other podcasts we mentioned uh, on, you know, Makeshift and um, Forge Side Chat and Knife Talk and, you know, you know the list. Support this uh, raffle. Hustle and Grind. Yeah, and Maximus Raffle. It's a way to support the community. We really appreciate that. And, uh, hey, appreciate all you guys listening in. Uh, if, if you feel like it, share the show with somebody we're trying to create some more growth on the work for it podcast so share the, share in your stories share on your instagram feed or facebook feed we truly appreciate it thanks again for listening my name is brian house this has been the work for it podcast we hit it love it we did it we did it baby nice